It's a new day and time for another NCEA podcast. As Catholic school educators, it is part of our mission to educate the whole child, and this year's NCEA 2023 convention in Dallas, Texas, is designed with this in mind. We are collaborating with speakers from across the country to offer sessions in nine domains, including, as always, Mission and Catholic Identity, and this year, dozens of sessions will be offered in the area of social-emotional wellness. Which brings me to today. That's right, we're recording a podcast here. So join me on a virtual tour to the western region of our country as we visit Oregon. I'm Laura MacDonald, and this is NCAA Podcast Convention Edition. Joining us today are Joy Roberts and Julie Widman, co-founders of Frenzy. Hello, and thank you for joining us, ladies. Hi, Laura. It's so good to be here. It is good to see you and hear your voice. I can't wait to be in Dallas with you and Woo-hoo! actually give you a hug. Right, I guess we should oh. say ah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How is the weather there in Oregon? Well, it is uh, actually sunny and overcast. Overcasty, sunny, not raining. That is a first for a while. So things are good here. The rest of the country is being hit by storms and snow, and we we have a, a team that's spread across the country, and we were talking to some of our, our co-workers in Alabama, and they were hunkering down. Um, Picking up kids early from school, and, mm-hmm. you know, so and it, at the same time, we talked to somebody from Tennessee, and all is good in the state of Tennessee, <laughs> and so... You never know. So we are doing well here in Oregon, though, and it's great to hear from you. That's great. Well, Wisconsin's no exception. We are snowy white today. We had a storm started this morning, so I'll get my sunny energy from you ladies today. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you can. We'll share our energy. So Frenzy has been very active in supporting our Catholic schools across the country and equipping us with information and resources to help our students build life skills and face challenges. And all of us at NCEA really appreciate your partnership. As we can, as you continue to accompany us, um, you will be our opening keynote this year at NCEA 2023. Congratulations. I'm so excited. Thank you. We're thrilled. We are really excited. Um, NCEA convention has been one of our highlights of the year. And so to be able to come and be able to meet with so many educators is a special treat and blessing for us, for sure. And I think it's just this beautiful place where Catholic educators come from across the country to link arms and remember why we're in this. And so Joy and I and friends here are just thrilled to be able to launch a conversation of belonging and connection. Absolutely. And in your conversations with educators, what are those common challenges they're facing right now? We get to connect with Catholic schools across the United States. Um, We're heading to Indianapolis next week. We just got back from the sunny state of California. Um, And so we have conversations with principals and educators all the time. And what we're hearing is, first of all, all you Catholic school educators have done an amazing job. So (laughs) when you look at where we've come from and where we're at in Catholic education, as Catholic schools, we are faring 
better than counterparts. And so I just think that that's a testimony to who we are and where we come from. Um, we're seeing positive benefits around math and reading. And in the work that we do around emotional competency, um, we're seeing our Catholic schools do incredibly well in a very challenging time. And even when I say all of these things, um, when we go into our schools, we hear that they're still facing the struggles across the country. And so struggles like um, school hesitation, um, struggles like classroom disruptions. Teachers talk a lot about classroom disruptions and students being able to manage their emotions, having big emotions, and then having that spill over and impact the classroom structure and setting. You know, kids have spent a lot of time on technology. They um, had a break, possibly, in their regular activities. While our schools kept going strong, a lot of activities were changed. And so um, kids actually were more technologically connected, maybe, than they were socially connected during mm -hmm. the times of COVID. And, and they missed out on those regular interactions of social skills, those, those unstructured times where kids get to try words on for size. And really what we're seeing now is kids coming back into the classrooms and gossiping is, is coming um, to a place of, of real challenge, mean words, um, you know, students saying off the cuff words to each other. And, and really I think it's because they want to connect. They want mm -hmm. to engage with their friends and their and their peers, but they've missed some critical growth times of knowing how to actually connect with their friends. And so they're not showing empathy like they, they could or should. Um, and at the end of the day, our kids are lonely. Our kids are lonely and um, and actually from a mental health and wellness standpoint, we know statistics are showing that a higher percentage of students of all ages are lonely experiencing sadness or disconnection and and teachers are feeling that you know teachers are feeling the the struggles of their students um, they're feeling the sadness and stress and then our educators have weathered this storm of covid and they've likely experienced uh, seeing their co-workers be part of the great resignation or retire early during COVID. And that's, that is hard. That is um, sad. And um, so our teachers who are still there are often felt like the left behind. They're often feeling like now they're dealing with all this catch up to um, an expectation for testing and, and that education or academic gap. And you add that to all of these challenges we're seeing with kids. And when we round the corner towards spring break, I would say educators everywhere are feeling a little bit worn out and weary. Absolutely. So let's take a closer look at some of these areas of growth that you mentioned that our schools are, are facing and what type of specific action plans are being implemented out there. Mm -hmm. Well, we, I think we can talk about a lot of different uh, strategies, and I think schools are trying a lot of different things on for size. And I think what we know and what the data is telling us is that connection is really important. Students' ability to connect with their peers, students' ability to connect with their teachers, 
and another caring adult, like establishing those relationships and positive points of connection are really, really important. We actually have data coming out. Um, NCA, y'all just, I'm not from the South, but I work with people <laughs> who are. So y'all just published um, a research report that has come out of Frenzy, uh, out of Corpus Christi, really looking at some data on teaching kids how to be really good friends. And this research was centered on uh, assessing climate and culture within school structures and settings. And some of the data that we looked at specifically was around kindergarten students. And so there was a marked and measurable deficit in kindergarten students coming into the classroom without the skills they needed to be successful. So how to take turns, how to wait in line, how to ask for help when you need it, how to play together <laughs> side by side, because like we just got done talking about, they missed out on going to the park. And These were the COVID babies, you know, <laughs> born during COVID or babies during COVID. And and they didn't have the opportunity to play on the soccer field or they spent a lot of time on devices. So if their parents were working, mm -hmm. they spent a lot of time on devices. And the data is telling us that that is true for kindergarten students. Uh, what's really exciting about the data is that you can teach empathy, kindness, compassion. And the brilliant thing about this is that this is not our idea. Um, right. This is God's idea. <laughs> So when yes. you look at scripture, we, we want our students to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. But what are the skills that those students need to actually put that faith into action? It's that faith in action component. And what's great about the data is actually showing that we can teach those explicit skills to students. And I think from a Catholic education standpoint, this is why most Catholic educators are teaching. It's that idea that they get to teach and pour into students all their heart, their mind, and their spirit together. And so that why is so important to us as we engage back with our students and continue to fan that flame. And so when we look at specific skills that I think teachers are already doing, mm -hmm. and so I want to encourage every teacher who's listening on this call, you're doing a good job. And so we're <laughs> going to remind you of some things that you likely have been doing or can continue to do. And one of those things is to know every student's name when they walk into their classroom, to provide warm welcomes to students where students have an opportunity to get to learn about each other and to learn from each other. Um, we have a, an amazing tool that's actually a free resource on our website. So if you go to frenzy.co and the freebies tab um, or send us an email, um, we will send you a free resource for a daily check-in. And so when we look at this crisis, and I would call it, Laura, a crisis, a crisis of disconnection, mm -hmm. where we're, as Julie said, more technically, logically connected than ever, but more socially disconnected. And that's not only for our students, but for us mm -hmm. and for educators alike, like we're experiencing that as well. Um, and one of the most foundational tools that we can do is teach or have a daily check-in, which is attached to emotion recognition. And so Julie, this is yeah. what something that 
all of our frenzy schools are incorporating and the feedback on that is incredibly valuable mm. for helping students develop skills that they need to be successful in relationships. And really, Laura, when you think about that daily check-in, really it's this planned opportunity for teachers to connect with their students. So to say, how are you doing today? It's actually a really big deal for all of us as humans just to know that someone cares, that someone is wanting to know how we are doing, and then giving students the opportunity to share what is going on in their life, whether it be a feeling or their backstory, that is where connection happens. And so when you ask about what is what are some applicable steps that our schools are doing is really, it's just that first step of creating space for connection to happen, whether that be in a daily check-in or how you greet your students at the door, being proactive and intentional about creating connection and carving space for a relationship to develop with your students and then among your students is really where, where the magic happens. And from a mental wellness, when we talk about mental wellness, that's something that yeah. we can all do because mm -hmm. it creates a pause mm -hmm. in a very busy schedule. And you know this as a <laughs> yes. teacher. Yes. Like schedules busy. are crazy and busy, but if we take five minutes to create a pause and create positive points of connection between teachers and students and peer to peer and establish that relational cadence, it actually is an academic activator. Mm -hmm. It helps, it's actually a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. It helps the classroom de-escalate. It allows for those connections to happen so that students can be in the posture to actually engage in learning. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it, teachers get really excited because classroom disruptions are challenging. They happen, they're challenging, but to have a tool like the daily check-in in place, to help manage those and to be proactive in settling the class and preparing them to enter into learning is incredibly valuable. I think it's too about giving yourself permission to realize that this isn't wasting time just because it isn't a standard on your ELA or your math and that this is important information. When you ask these questions, it's not only maybe lowering an effective filter or the first good positive connections somebody's had in their morning, but also gives you key information about the types of things that are important to that child, um, the types of things that you can use later when you need to connect and have relationship with that child. And knowing that, okay, if I take 10 or 15 minutes out of my morning, it's so beneficial that it's okay to do that because it, it, it just frees up the rest of your day probably with less interruptions, like you're saying. Absolutely. Yes. We um, met the Diocese of Orlando, I think it was yesterday, yesterday. and mm -hmm. it was a group of counselors. And the counselors were talking about the importance of the daily check-in for creating positive points of connection. And, and as counselors, they use that tool 
all the time with their students when they're one-on-one -on -one with them or when they're pushing into a classroom and teaching a lesson. And the counselors were talking about how to actually act as a quarterback mm -hmm. and get that tool in the hands of their teachers so that their teachers could also establish those positive points of connection. And again, de-escalate, provide tier one support for all their students. And what we know is, again, teachers are doing a great job. 93% of teachers are already doing this work mm -hmm. of establishing this, these positive points of connection. So this is not new information or new ideas. Um, we're just fanning the flame and giving some unified tools and resources to make their jobs easier so that they can continue the good work that they're doing. Well, thank you for that. Um, in your keynote at NCEA 2023, we will be learning about resilience. And um, one of the areas we need to focus on is establishing these connections. So mm -hmm. we talked about why that's so important, but give us a little more on that. Well, Laura, when you think about it, relationships are all a precursor to belonging. And so in order to feel and actually belong, it all starts with the relationships. And, and as we kind of talked about, it's this um, coming out of a really technologically connected time where we were doing Zooms and um, we had Zoomies and Roomies and we had this education that was on and offline and, and our students have been on and offline and, and adults are on and offline. But this, this digital connection with social disconnection is actually really killing us. And God designed us and hardwired us for connection, for that desire to be with him and with others. And, and we see that throughout all his scripture. And so this idea of belonging really starts and ends with relationships. Um, we all need uh, supportive relationships in our life. And, and as Joy shared earlier, science and research really shows us that for students who have experienced high levels of stress or trauma, students with high ACE scores, individuals who have a, a just one caring adult in their life, it actually changes the trajectory. It helps them to be more resilient, to be more perseverant. And so we need this as adults to link arms with others who understand so that we can keep on keeping on. And then we also need to instill this in our students as well so that they can have the capacity to keep going. Resilience, I think, is a really big word in this season. It can be defined a lot of different ways, but really in a nutshell, it's an ability to overcome a hardship or a challenge. And we need that. Like you, we started out with the question, what challenges are educators expressing? And one of them we haven't really talked about yet is that students' ability to keep going when it's hard has lessened. Mm -hmm. They think it's because of, or the data says it's because of technology that we have very short attention spans. It's hard to stay in something when it's difficult mm -hmm. and hard. Um, and so we need to rebuild that muscle. We also yeah. talked about as teachers, teachers mm -hmm. are tired and worn out and weary. And so what we're going to be talking about in Dallas is what are the skills and habits that we can practice as educators that create resilience in our own life. And then in the same breath, we're gonna talk about how do we apply and teach these same habits to our students to cultivate 
those skills of resilience in their own life. And so these are really going to flow off of the pages of scripture. And, um, but they're really, I think, vital for human flourishing Absolutely. for us mm -hmm. to live out to our highest and best. And so I'm really excited to unpack this topic on resilience and how it can actually be transformational, not just for us as educators, but also for our students. And now let's pause for a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, um, Joy and um, Julie will share a few habits our teachers should remember when creating these positive environments and cultivating positive relationships. Today's podcast is sponsored by Curriculum Associates, best known for their flagship product, iReady. Curriculum Associates partners with educators to make classrooms better places for teachers and students by offering a variety of reading and mathematics programs. These amazing programs include iReady Assessment, iReady Instruction, Teacher Toolbox, Magnetic Reading, Phonics for Reading, and Dance. To learn more, please visit www.curriculumassociates.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Joy and Julie from Frenzy. Um, they're about to share what are a few habits our teachers should remember when creating a classroom environment to cultivate positive relationships. Oh, Laura, this is such a fun conversation. <laughs> Thanks for launching it. You know, we are passionate about having teachers, educators, schools create space to uh, establish connections and places of positive connections on campuses. And really, it just has to start with this commitment to start. <laughs> and um, there are a lot of things that I believe teachers are already doing. Uh, as, again, we talked about greeting people at the door, knowing their students' names, taking time to do a warm welcome or a daily check-in with their emotions. Um, I also think it's really important to begin to establish trust with your students, ask questions about their interests, their hobbies, begin to know or learn their backstory so that, again, all of this is really uh, helping to create a place of belonging for students where students feel known, seen, and cared for. When you think about habits of resilience, and so we're going to be talking about uh, several of them in Dallas, but one of them that I think we're spending our time today yeah. talking about are really relationships. So resilient people, one of the habits that resilient people have in place are they have healthy and strong mm -hmm. relationships. And so all the tools that Julie mentioned are about establishing positive points of connection and relationship building. I think one of the things that we can do as educators to cultivate positive relationships starts with our parents mm -hmm. because in Catholic education, we believe that parents are the primary educator of our students. And so there can be tension. I think one of the hardest, and Laura, you tell us, was it challenging working through relationships with parents? Parents are challenging? What? <laughs> Sometimes. I always felt that they were a really good window into a look at my, my students in their life. And um, I always tried to build a really strong relationship with the parents because there's nothing worse than a student knowing that there's a conflict between a, the, their parent mm -hmm. 
who they love and their teacher who they very often love as well. It really puts them in a, um, a bad position and it's really unfair. So just like two adults, mom and dad, or uh, parents that don't agree on something, it always makes their, their child feel uncomfortable. So I think that's really, really, really important to have I that love strong that relationship. Perspective. That is such a beautiful perspective and it's such a good reminder. We always like to remember that parents care so deeply about their students, that that is why they're leaning in. And so when you think about relationship, again, the habit of resilience, establishing positive relationships, what is going to help your student be resilient is to have a positive relationship with you as an educator and then to have that third leg of support with the parent and building that relationship out. And so I think addressing your parent to know your student more, to learn about the history of their, of the student. And again, so many teachers are already doing this, but to ask questions and understand the hobbies, what kind of music they listen to, what's their favorite food or video game. And so when we talk about establishing connections, a teacher who knows that, that somebody's really excited about cars and they're doing <laughs> math problems and they incorporate cars into the conversation, it's going to, that relational connection is actually going to be an academic activator and actually engage that student in the learning process. And so I think mirroring and, and pairing and proactively investing in positive conversations with parents is one way to really cultivate relationships that are going to foster resiliency in both the student, but for you as a teacher, if you have a positive relationship with a parent, you can ask them to help you <laughs> when you need sure. help with a certain project in the classroom or whatever component where you want to invite them into the space. You're, you're developing those positive relationships so that you have a supportive um, network mm-hmm. to keep you going when the going get hard, gets hard. You can ask them to pray for you. You can ask them to come alongside you on, like I said, on special projects. And so I think taking time to really cultivate relationships um, is really important. And so we've seen that research indicates that. Um, and in part of uh, the Frenzy program, we put structured ways to make positive points of connection to build and foster (laughs) relationships. And I think too, when you mentioned parents, um, it just makes sense. But during our COVID times, parents weren't allowed on a lot of our campuses. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't have a lot of our school events that we normally have. Those things that build a strong community um, for and strong foundation for our students to learn and grow in were kind of taken away for a while. So it makes sense that maybe now more than ever, we have to reach out our hands and be more intentional in these relationships with our parents. Because just like our students and just like administrators with their teachers, we want our parents to know they have worth to us and that we need them and that they are loved no different than what we want our students to know. So I, I, that's a, that's a great, great, great mention there. Thank you for that. Laura, you're just painting a picture of how our Catholic schools can create community on their campus by connection through connection and relationship community is built. And so 
um, really wanting to lean in and posture towards that positive climate and culture. And to your point, it requires our educators to be on board, our students to be on board, and then the community as a whole, including our parents. And so it's beautiful and it's, it is possible. To your point, it's that intentional, proactive uh, space. I hear the flight attendant phrase a lot more right now, please apply your own mask before attending to a child. Um, mm. Does that apply here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about that, let's just go back to the emotions chart. Like we talked about emotion recognition in students. So we know that when students can recognize their emotion, angry, happy, silly, sad, mad, whatever it may be, it gives them the capacity to manage that emotion. We say in frenzy, you have to name it to tame it. And so what's really important is we want that for our students. We know that students watch what we do far more than what we say. Mm -hmm. So if we actually calm is contagious and so is crazy. And so more <laughs> <laughs> stress or stress. Yeah. Yes. So what we model uh -huh. is what we're going to see reflected in our students. And so this daily check-in tool that, that we utilize and that's widely available um, helps us as educators do the same thing to check mm -hmm. in with how I'm feeling. Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Mm -hmm. um, and if so, I need to halt <laughs> and I need to address those things. I need to go to bed earlier. I need to Eat. go for a walk. <laughs> I need to make sure that I pack a healthy lunch. These self-care things, mm -hmm. because if we don't care for ourselves, put that mask on ourselves, we can't adequately care for our students and our families. And again, this is a calling God's placed us in this position to care and nurture a generation of students. And in order to be able to sustain that and keep going, it does absolutely have to start mm -hmm. with us. And Laura, I think as educators, you know, we talk to teachers across the country every day and, and these are givers, these are helpers. Mm -hmm. They are individuals who, you know, they roll up their sleeves, they get on their, you know, they, they get into all of the challenges during the day to, to really serve and love others. And so um, oftentimes when you think about self-care or you talk about self-care to teachers, it feels selfish. Um, they, they equate self-care with being selfish. And yes. yet we know that um, in order for teachers to continue to pour out, because before COVID, teaching was the second most stressful uh, career in the United States next to a surgery nurse. And so for teachers to continue to pour out, they have to pour, be poured in. And we know that the Holy Spirit can pour into us. God gives us that strength. But we also need to take time to to have self-care, to allow ourselves to rest, to be poured into so that we can pour out. And um, it's it's challenging, especially if you're not in the practice of, you know, being poured into or allowing yourself to be poured into, but it is so vital for teachers to, and all educators just to know that they can't keep giving if they haven't received first. So what about our school leaders? How can they help here? What, what can they do to make sure that our teachers are taking good care so they can, you know, watch over their littles? 
School leaders are doing a great job. Yeah. We see school leaders across the United States being really caring towards their educators. And this has been at the utmost importance this year as they think about training and professional development. And um, we have absolutely seen an uptick in our principals and superintendents really seeing a need for teacher self-care, teacher time, teacher teacher, um, you know, ability to keep going. Um, so when I think about the brass tacks, yeah. uh, what can we do to care for our teachers? Like speaking to administrators, um, it's the same thing the teachers are doing with their students. We need every teacher. This is the responsibility, I think, of administrators to ensure that the people under their care that they're serving with feel seen, heard, loved, valued, and cared for. Um, practically speaking, what we have seen be effective in this season in creating those environments and again, going after climate, positive mm -hmm. climate and culture, because teacher retention is a thing. We've, we've lived through mm -hmm. the great resignation. There is a teacher wide shortage. And so this like elevates that conversation. How do we best care for our teachers? So one of the things is team building. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't invested in professional development, like Julie talked about providing a positive um, team building experience, that's actually what we're doing in the Arch of India. Well, and really what that does is we know a lot of schools have the, uh, you know, the seasoned teachers that are still there. And then they have a whole new group of new teachers and yes. it's almost like a, it creates this challenge in their teaching staff of how do we connect. And so Joy, to your point, um, really investing in some team building where you do exactly what we've been talking about. This whole uh, conversation is you as a leader create space for intentional connection among your staff so that you actually carve out time for team building and connection because that connection and relationship is going to be what keeps your staff going mm -hmm. through the hard challenges. And a specific, and again, I'm really passionate about this because if we don't take care of our teachers, <laughs> we, we have can't to. take yeah. care of our students. Yes. Um, this is super simple. And I know some uh, principals are already doing this or even superintendents, but you send out a survey you find out what is their favorite salty food, what is their favorite sweet food. You give it to one of your, your parents, it, your, your, your parents. They shop for it. You keep your list on the inside of your cupboard where you know exactly. And then when teacher in the second grade has a really rough day with a student, and what you do is you look up her favorite drink. You, you have Doritos and a Diet Coke and you are ready <laughs> to go yes. and you bring that to her because she is seen, she is valued, mm -hmm. she's known and she's cared for. Mm -hmm. And a Diet Coke and a bag of Fritos are not going to solve the problems of the world, but they are going to help yeah. that teacher feel valued and cared for by you and know like this idea of isolation. Mm -hmm. We're alone. We mm -hmm. feel Sometimes as teachers, we're operating in a silo and mm -hmm. to have somebody step into that space and be known mm -hmm. is literally life-changing and helps them to reframe their circumstances and know that they're going to get through it. And God didn't design us to go through it alone, but he's actually yes. given us a community to work through this together. And a Snickers bar goes a long ways. <laughs> well, in a lot of our, our, administrators and our uh, our parents do those sorts of things and during Catholic Schools Week or on mm -hmm. birthdays. So just add one more day and, and have it ready 
so that yeah. when that teacher is having a hard day, you see them mm-hmm. and you, you know, give them their favorite coffee drink or, well, or something like that. We know from our leaders that sometimes it's really hard to know what to say or what to do. You know, if it's one thing, if it's an academic issue or if it's a classroom challenge, you know, Mm -hmm. that is the responsibility of that principal or superintendent to step in. But sometimes there's family challenges or outside challenges that come into the workplace. And as a leader, you don't know what to do or say. And so then you miss the opportunity to do or say anything. And yet if you have a stock shelf full of the favorite things of your teachers, it just takes a little note that says, I see you. I've been thinking about you all day. We hand these little notepads yes. out. And so if you're if you're coming to NCEA in Dallas, come see us. We, we will have give you a notepad. These notepads things like, you're awesome. You're great. You're the best. I'm you brighten my you. day. And then what I was it you who wrote us a note? I think somebody from NCEA, we handed these out at the last convention and then they wrote us a note. It was back. so great. <laughs> it said, thank you. And it made me feel seen, known, yeah. and cared about. And so okay. if you want one of these notepads to, and you can hand them out like candy to your teachers, mm-hmm. just random acts of kindness that aren't random at all, but they're planned and they're intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that. So we hope to see you in Dallas, y'all. I, I love that. Um, one more thing, too. You mentioned the daily check-in, and I know some of our administrators do that with their staff. They check in in the morning as a staff. They might It might not last very long. They do prayer together, just the staff, and then they break. It's like, you know, like the team getting into the huddle. And mm-hmm. you see sometimes as the as they break to rush off to their their classrooms, conversations happening as they walk to their doors. And those conversations are more important than anybody ever knows. So um, I love that. Um, When we come to your session, what is something you want people to know when they leave? Mm. I want them to know that they already have what it takes to succeed. They already hold everything they need to persevere and be resilient, that God has already given them the capacity to bounce back from all the challenges that they have faced. What I am hoping and what we're praying is that this is a time of refreshing. Mm -hmm. So teachers may walk into that room and will walk into that room from so many different places and spaces, but we're gonna be able to look around the room, stand shoulder to shoulder with thousands of other people who are in the same, same, but different places than (laughs) us. And this is a time of encouragement. And then this is a time of tooling up. So we're gonna pour out encouragement. We're gonna fan the flame of the good work that's already happening. And we're gonna take a look at some really practical ways that we can cultivate a spirit of resilience in us and in our students. And so I'm really excited to enter into this conversation as we gather together as one great big body and community in Dallas, Texas. In, in just, April. In April. In April. I, I love the illustration you just painted. Um, and if you can't bring your own energy, it sounds like you'll bring some extra <laughs> with you. Um, you both are both so joyful but what brings you joy? Oh my goodness. You know, 
I was thinking this morning because there's been some, you know, hard, challenging days, whether it be inside or, or outside of, of work and family and, and how very quickly those thoughts of negativity can just kind of overcome a human. And then I was also just thinking that when we focus on what is pure and good and lovely and praiseworthy, it can just be really small moments that begin to reestablish that joy. And so I, I think that it's all the small moments during the day, even in the hardest of days, it's those small moments of joy. It's, it's a twinkle in your child's eye, or it's the phone call from a friend or a parent. It's the connection with another educator who, who knows the challenges you're going through. It, those are the joys that, that kind of keep me going. So my, um, my, my little babies are now 22 and 24 years old. So they're, they're not little them. babies. They're, not, they're actually very large. Tall. <laughs> and, um, and they still bring me such great joy. They live in a different state. Um, I had, both of them ended up calling me yesterday on the same day. And it's just, it comes back to this whole conversation. People, what mm -hmm. brings me joy is my people. Um, and I like to run. You can call me crazy, <laughs> but I went on a really long run um, yesterday, 15 miles by myself in the outdoors. And it brought me joy just to be in the beauty of God's creation mm -hmm. And to have time, like free space to think without interruptions and phone calls. And and so my family, my people. Self-care. Yeah, that was self-care. Self-care, yes. And running are two things. Um, <laughs> any so shout outs? Care. Any shout outs today? Oh my goodness. Well, what's been really fun today is that NCA just announced that Joy and I will be joining um you all at the yes. conference as keynote speakers. And so I just want to shout out all the superintendents and principals who emailed us today. Um, the most hilarious one that we got was um, someone responding saying, I feel like Elf. I know them. I know them. Like from <laughs> Elf. And um, it actually just made us feel connected and like we belong. It, it made Joy and I feel seen and known. Um, and it was a real gift just to see all of the partners in Catholic schools that we, um, we feel like we walk side by side with them and their schools. It was just a joy to hear from all of them today. Two people that come to mind for me. One is Tasha Tillotson, who I believe yes. that you know as ah, well. She mm -hmm. is just an amazing human. Yes, she is. Work to care for her mm. teachers and her educators um, in the sunny state of California. Um, so shout out to her. And then on the other side of the country, um, I'm going to give a shout out to Sister John Dominic. If you don't know her, yeah. she's also going to be um, one of the keynote speakers uh, wrapping up NCA in Dallas, and she's doing some incredible work around establishing virtue and caring for students holistically. And so those are the two people that came uh, top of mind today. And again, this amazing work that I think mm -hmm. all of us are doing these individual pieces in these different places and spaces, but we're all doing it together for greater good. So it's so much fun to serve and partner with NCEA and the community at large. 
Well, thank you for that. So we will be seeing you as keynote at NCEA 2023. And also you'll be doing um, a couple other sessions so people can check the preliminary program. Um, we're looking forward to it. Thank you. It's been a treat to speak with you today, Joy and Julie. You are seen, you are known, and we love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> and thank you to our NCEA podcast listeners. What will come out of a single act of resilience? Find out at their keynote. Come see Joy and Julie and the rest of us at NCEA. Go to ncea.org and register for NCEA 2023 because the most valuable resource we have is each other. Do you or someone you know have something worth sharing? Let us know. We could be visiting your diocese and introducing you as our next podcast guest. Thank you. Thank you.